Hello again, and welcome to the Master's Voice. I'm Celestial, and you are welcome to this channel. To old and new subscribers alike, you are very welcome. If you're watching this on BitChute, Rumble, or Brighteon, make sure that you subscribe. The subscription button is usually underneath every video on these channels because they have a slightly different way of doing things from YouTube, so the, the interface is different. But the benefit of this is whenever there's prophecies that may be problematic for YouTube, I will upload it to BitChute, Rumble, and Brighteon, and that is where those videos will be exclusively. So it's a good thing to be subscribed just in case I make, um, I make a new video and I put it there instead of putting it on YouTube. If you are on YouTube and you are not subscribed, you are welcome to subscribe. Subscribing gives you access to the Master's Voice community page. On the community page is where I, I usually will post things that I come across um, in my day-to-day, -day, things that are pointing to the fulfillments of the Lord's words. I also post um, teachings there from time to time because the community page is sort of my place that the Lord has given me where I can share different observations and just share things that will edify and build up his people. So uh, you can only see that if you're subscribed. So if you want to go ahead and subscribe and then to see the community page, you just go to the dashboard and on the dashboard, it says home, it says videos, it says channels, it says about, and it also says community. And then when you click there, you'll be able to see um, whatever I share from time to time. Like today on my community page, I was just sharing um, this thing where people had seen this intense rainbow cloud in the sky um, and they were calling it a rainbow scarf cloud. But if you take a good look at it, you can see that this has nothing to do with actual natural weather phenomena. So you can go and check that out on the community page. And what else is there? Thank you to those who support the channel. I really appreciate you. Um, you can find all the information about the master's voice always under the drop down description. The drop down description box is right underneath the video, underneath the name of the channel. There's a little button that points downward or it says more. If you click that, you can see everything to do with the channel. And without further ado, let's go into the prophetic word for today. The title of today's prophecy is something that the Lord was repeating very strongly just as I was winding up a bit of work just now. And the title of this prophecy is, A Man Is Not A Woman. I repeat, the title of today's prophecy is, A Man Is Not A Woman. And I received this prophecy on February 24th, 2022 but I only posted it very recently on August the 10th, 2022. So the picture, if you can see it, is of what looks like, what appears to be a pregnant man. But this was a spoof ad from a German beer company. And the German beer company thought that it would be interesting to get a couple of men together, young, old, um, and whatever, and have them caressing exaggerated beer bellies as if they were pregnancy bellies. So we all know how women, when they get pregnant, they take these photo shoots of here's my belly and everything like that. So this, this beer company thought it would be funny. Why don't we get a couple of guys together and just um, digitally enhance their natural beer belly and then have them sitting and covering their breasts and being all gentle and sweet the way women do when they were pregnant? But when I was looking for a cover picture for this prophecy, this picture stood out to me and the Lord told me, take this one. And as we go along in this prophecy, um, you will come to understand why. The banner scripture is this. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining, that he may be revealed in his own time. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. And lawlessness is just basically referring to those who do not want to adhere to the word of God. They do not want to live according to God's righteous requirements in the earth. And as a result of this, this prophecy is going to be one of the first looks that I will be getting into in the weeks to come. This prophecy is one of the first looks at how graphically 
our world is going to change. And so one of the things I always say to subscribers is that when you come to this channel, it will be good for you to have a measured approach to this information. What do I mean by a measured approach? If you are going to have a 700 over 50 blood pressure, every time you come to the master's voice or every time you see a notification, I can tell you that this is not good for you. I always tell people not to binge on these videos. It is better for you actually to go to the blog, themastersvoice.com and read these prophecies because reading them will put you in the frame of mind where you will come to hear and understand the Lord's heart concerning these messages. No reaction that you can ever have is going to change these prophecies. It doesn't matter if you are angry when you hear them, if you are terrified when you hear them, if you feel hopeless when you hear them. These prophecies are set in stone from God himself. I am merely working through them as fast as I can because God is a very just and fair God. He's not called a God of justice for nothing. And therefore, as the epitome of fairness, God knows that he cannot judge the United States and he cannot judge any other nation until and unless they know the reasons for their judgment. That is why this channel is here. This channel is bringing forth the judgment of the Lord Jesus Christ. So if you come here and you're like, I don't hear the love in your messages and I don't hear the comfort in your messages, that's because this is not one of the false prophecy channels that you are used to. I don't know who has taught the modern church that when God is in the process of judgment, he owes anybody comfort. The Lord just recently gave me a message on that. And that message is called, I will give you your life as a prize. When you hear something like that, a person is telling you, I'm going to burn it all. But if it so happens that when it's all burned down and you look at yourself and you haven't caught on fire, guess what? That's the love. That's the comfort. God does not owe us to give us sugar when he is in the process of judging and condemning the United States, especially, but every other country who is guilty of her similar sins. He does not owe anyone to coddle them. The only thing that will stay true in the middle of judgment is the Lord's promises fail not. And I will go to that at the end of the prophecy. So these dreams and messages and prophecies I have are for the end times judgment of the United States. First and foremost, that is the tip of the spear when it comes to my calling, but it's also to wake up the sleeping church of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is to sound the alarm in the earth. That is the mandate of Ezekiel chapter 33, son of man, when the people set a watchman among them to watch for the sword that is coming. And that watchman speaks, but the people mock and they pay no heed. And the sword comes among them and takes them away. Their blood will be upon them. But if the watchman does not sound the alarm and the sword comes and takes them away in their sin, their blood will be required of the watchman. And I have been saying for the entire time that I'm here, nobody's blood is going to be required of me. If anyone loses their life in the midst of sin, you go into darkness knowing that it is your own choice, that you chose not to separate, you chose not to fight against, you chose not to, as the apostle Paul said, resist against sin to the shedding of blood. Only Jesus did that. He resisted all sin in this earth until his blood was shed as the perfect payment for sin for all of us. Sinless he lived, sinless he died. We are not sinless, but a sinless sacrifice has been made for us. And basically, Apostle Paul was saying, how is it that someone has paid your cost and yet living under that umbrella of provision? You cannot keep yourself away from sin. You cannot fight sin and resist sin, even to the point where it sheds blood. That prophecy or that particular scriptural word even carries overtone of the future. What future is it? We will enter into a future when the Antichrist will be there. Beast system will be there. And Christians will be tried. Christians will be tested. Christians will have these black clad policemen that I'm always talking about coming to their homes. And they will ask us at gunpoint, knife point, or guillotine point, who is Christ? And the question will remain, have you resisted sin? What is the sin in those days? The sin in those days will be complete apostasy. The sin in those days will be denying Jesus to save your life. If you cannot resist the tiny everyday sins of today, 
Do you think that you will be stand, able to stand before those hybrid soldiers standing there with their wolf face and human body asking, who is Jesus? Is Jesus Lord? People are going to say, of course he's not. He was a spiritual guru, but he's not Lord and he's certainly not God. People will do all sorts to save their skin. And that is why God is sending these messages to prepare the church. The church is not ready. The church cannot even believe that they share the earth with otherworldly creatures. And these are some of the things that are in the teachings that are in the master's voice. Right here, there is a visible deficit of faith in the church. There is a visible deficit of the true word being taught to Christians honestly and without apology. It is very hard to find the true word of God coming out without the pastor having to soften it and cut out huge chunks of it because otherwise the church will get restless and the church will feel, oh, this is too hard and the pastor is too judgmental and this ministry doesn't have love and I'm not coming back. There is no love as a prerequisite in the end times. The end times is going to be the greatest expression of raw truth, hard truth that many of us have ever experienced. We have a church that is following a supernatural God that does not believe in the supernatural. People do not believe in miracles and people do not believe in demons and devils and the devil himself. How this can be existing, unbelief and belief in the same person calling themselves a Christian still remains a mystery to me because Jesus firmly had knowledge of the devil. Unless he wouldn't have said things like, in the Bible, he wouldn't have said that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, but I have come that you may have life. So here's the Lord contrasting himself with who? The person that Peter called your adversary, the devil, the roaring lion who walks about seeking whom he may devour. This roaming lion has charge over somewhere, the place called hell that people don't believe in. In another place, it says, Revelation 12 and 11, so that great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth and his angels were cast out with him. How is it that the knowledge of fallen angels is something that is so well known? It is a trending topic among the gamers and the young people because why? The video games that they watch and the movies that they watch and the romance novels that are aimed towards young women telling them it would be really nice to have a boyfriend like Edward Cullen from the Twilight series or the wolf boy from the Twilight series. And wouldn't it be interesting to have a man in your life who sparkles in daylight and has wings on his back? Things like that. People outside the church are devouring this stuff and their minds are being prepared to accept it. But inside the church, the basic raw truth, the pure truth that we have been given, such as Genesis 6, that fallen angels came to mate with women. People are still insisting, no, it's not fallen angels. It was actually the sons of Seth who mated with bad girls and raised up an alternate line. Church, we have got to get together. Uh, um, we have got to do better than this. We have got to stop continuing in these error-filled doctrines and come into the knowledge of the truth. And so here is the dream that the Lord gave me. It's one of those dreams that are just, you take it as it is. You take it as it is. I'm so used to seeing these things that I do not publish every time I see. So I dreamt that I was in the future. And this future I'm talking about, I have seen multiple futures and I am not talking about multiple parallel dimensions. This is a curious thing that I have observed. I have seen that the future will be absolutely horrible. It will just be that nothing will be working. There will be no lights, there will be no water, there will be no sanitation services, there will be no, no government, there will be no leadership, there will be no law and order. The police may be there in the fringes at first, but they will be doing nothing. The police will in fact be a gang unto themselves. The police will not be serving and they definitely will not be protecting because the criminals of the future are going to be of a level that we have not seen before. We only see it in the movies where Wyatt Earp and the rest of them, we see what they used to do, or we see how the bank robbers will drive their car into a bank. But the Lord has given me that vision that in the future, the criminals will be so bold. They will be carrying these different types of weapons and they will engage law enforcement in the open in the afternoon over stuff that they are doing, bank heists that they are running. And the police are just going to be 
nothing like they are now because they're big and brave. But when this type of lawlessness, as the Lord said in the beginning, in this message for the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. When this type of lawlessness begins to get going, that future that I have seen is very scary. Why is it scary? Because most of us depend on at least some solid form of governance. We know that there's police. We know that there's army. We know that there's schools and hospitals and other systems that we can at least try to depend on in whatever country you're living in. But in the future, it's not like that. It's going to be every man for himself. I've other seen I've also seen futures that are extremely dystopian but extremely orderly. Everything is automated. Everything is so clean. Everything is full of fallen angel tech. There's so much AI. AI controls this future. And people are always asking me, well, how is it going to be? Which one comes first? I can't say which one comes first. And I cannot say that these are alternate futures where one is going to happen. They are all going to happen in sync. And there is one thing that I know God can be trusted to bring to fulfillment his word, according to his timeline in the way that he says. So I was in the horrible future, the one I call the Mad Max future, the one with people walking around who have rings all through their eye and things like that. The, the ones where they, they, they pierce their cheek all the way through and they divide their faces into various colors of tattoos until they look like a pie chart and their hair is all different types of expressions in this future. There are basic things like homes. There are basic things like cars, but it is so bizarre because the people that are walking around are not always fully human. There will be a lot of transhumanism in the future. And that's what this particular one is. It was just severely unclean. It was just severe madness with freakish people walking around. That type of future is always a mess. It is always a mess. And I said that what bothers me more than not seeing that the streets are clean and that we have basic stoplights and things like that is just those people who will live there. So just as Alice in Wonderland keeps bringing out a new strange person, the Mad Hatter, and then um, the Queen and different types of things, the White Rabbit, that is how that future is. And so I saw... This dream focused around two cops that were twins. Basically, it was, it was this dream that God used to lead into what we're going to talk about. Don't forget that this prophecy is called a man is not a woman. I saw these two huge black police officers who were twins. These people were identical, but their identicalness went so far that it confused me in the dream until God started explaining later. So I was walking across this junkyard city. I think it was New York City because I came upon these two cops and they were in NYPD blues and they were men. I could see that they were men. My eyes were working just fine. I knew that they were men. They were each seven foot five each minimum. That is the minimum height for these men. They were seven foot five each each one weighing a minimum of 400 pounds, but they were not fat. It was not, it was not a, a flabby weight. They only had these really big bellies. But other than that, these men were very solid, seven foot five, and they looked like eggs to me. And they were wearing the NYPD blue uniform, and they had these really strange belts. And I have to say, these belts do not look like any belt that men normally wear, the normal one with the punctured buckle. Now that I'm thinking about it, the belts these men were wearing are like the belts that I always talk about how when I see the, the spears, the lightning spears or the staff of the fallen coming out of the sky, they always have these thin kind of belts as you would expect from those era, like long ago, Lord of the Rings type. That's what these men were wearing. And the belts looped around their waist twice and I stopped to ask them directions. And this is where I saw that the, the identicalness of these two men was really creepy. They had identical teeth. They had these huge mouths that when they were talking, it was almost like a cave with huge white squares in them for teeth. They both had a gap in the center of their teeth. And they had canines that were so long that they were just maybe just a tiny bit of an inch away from actual wolf fangs. I've never seen people with mouths like that. Huge, perfect white teeth 
with teeth that were so long, their canines were way longer, stronger, and wider than human canines. They were just a tiny bit shy of being a wolf's canine or, or the really big dogs. And they had the same tooth missing on the bottom, on the same side. And I remember thinking, Lord, what type of people are these who are so identical that they have the same bottom tooth missing and the same bite. Even identical twins don't have the same bite. And I felt so uncomfortable and I was sorry that I spoke to these men because when they started to speak to me, they spoke exactly. It was like a, a voice and its echo. So when I asked the question, I was trying to find out where to go. And the two of them just said, hey, 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 little girl, little girl, like that. Where do you, where do you want to go? Go, go like that. They were speaking as if it was a main voice and an echo. And it was so disconcerting because it's not one person with an echo. It was two people speaking at the same time. And so one of these men, he had short Afro hair. And when he noticed that they were doing that and it was putting me off, he stopped talking so that his brother could answer. And when the brother answered, I said, well, thank you, sir. And this man started laughing so loud. He said, sir, sir, little girl, I haven't had a, and he said a rude word for male privates. He said, I haven't had a male private part since very long ago. I ain't no sir. I am a ma'am and you can call me Sophia. And they started laughing. And at the same time, these two men put their hands on their hips. So they put their hands on their hip and they were holding, they had a hand on um, the NYPD gun and they were laughing and that echoing laughing just made me so uncomfortable that I just left them. I left them and I started walking away. In my heart, I was feeling so down. And as a result, God started to draw me out of that dream. You know, he started to draw me out of that dream. But before I finish, what I want to say is that when these men were laughing, I took a closer look at the one who said I should call him Sophia. And I saw that, yes, this man had made a few strides towards what they take as womanhood. So he, I could see the start of what, what we will just call the hormone therapy breasts, where you start the therapy breasts and then you start to, um, eventually a man starts to have these little softer buds that may eventually turn into breasts. I could see that underneath his vest, his squat vest. So his chest was not like his brother's chest. And also he had, he had a different type of hair. So he had, um, less, um, coiled hair than his brother's Afro and he had softened it and he had dyed it red and he was wearing it in a bun. Um, but because they both had those police caps on, I hadn't noticed that. And he was wearing eyeshadow and he was wearing a little bit of lip gloss, but I wrote that to me, it was just like putting all those changes on a donkey. You can put lipstick on a donkey. You can put lipstick on a pig. You are still going to be able to tell at a straight glance. This is a lipstick. This is a lipstick wearing donkey. And this is still a pig. So it made no difference. There's no way that anyone with eyes could look at that person and mistake them for a female. And yet I just said, thank you. And I walked away sadly. And then the Lord brought me out and I was just in this dark space and I was sleeping. I was just sleeping and I wasn't seeing any pictures. And please listen to the Lord's words because we're going to go through them to really understand what the future is going to be like, where we are going and what it is going to be, what is going to require from us. If as I said in the beginning, if you do not learn how to exercise moderation, if you do not learn how to exercise temperance, then if you do not immediately go to Galatians chapter five, I think it's verses 22 and 23, and begin to meditate in just those two verses, bringing those verses before God and asking God to help you grow the fruit of the spirit, one of which is endurance, long-suffering, patience, self-control. If you lack these things, I've said them in a million, million of these words that I've been saying over and over again. If you lack these things, the future will be, I'm not going to say difficult because that is not fair. The future is going to be intolerable for you. Your blood pressure, your cholesterol, your, your personal stability will be off the charts. 
You will be going to the doctor, not actually because fallen angels are outside your window, but because just the news on the TV, when it's telling you that, oh yeah, we've lowered the age of consent. Now a child can get married at five years old and there's no limit on the age of their spouse. So an 85 year old man just married a five year old boy. You, your heart will completely fulfill Luke 26 and 21. I think it is, which is men's heart failing us, failing them for the things they will see. It's either 21, 26 or 26, 21. So I'm sleeping and I'm not seeing anything. And the Lord has finally given me peace and brought me out of that creepy dream. And then he said to me, celestial, my word is eternal. My word is the power that hung the stars. It holds the earth in place. It can never be undone. It can never be removed. A man will never be a woman and a woman will never be a man. It doesn't matter what people say and it doesn't matter what governments tell them is okay. It doesn't matter what is allowed. No government can change my word. No power in this world or in any other place can speak louder than my voice. I say to you, a man will never be a woman and a woman will never be a man. This is my word. It cannot be changed. And so I was meditating on a scripture and I will just share that scripture now at this time because it's very relevant. And it says this, this is Psalms 12 verses six and seven. The words of the Lord are pure words like silver tried in a furnace of earth purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. I'll say that again. The words of the Lord are pure words, like silver tried in a furnace of earth, purified seven times. You shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. God's word is so important that he's saying that this is the power that sustains everything that we see. It keeps the heavenly bodies in motion and it keeps the earth fixed in place. God is saying that his word cannot be changed by popular theory, by what is trending in each generation, because every generation comes it will go through its trends. It will go through its changes. It will go through surges of discourse and popular thinking that are almost like a wave or a craze that goes over the population. And then after a while, a, a craze will subside and a new one will come up. But what God is saying is that you humanity, you move this and that way in your double-mindedness and how easily you are moved. That is why humanity has this phrase, the times, keep up with the times, move with the times for God who stands outside of time because he is eternal. God doesn't move with anything. And this is why a Christian should know that their first foundation in life is God's word. God's word is immutable. That means it cannot be changed by anything. God's goodness is immutable. That means that even when your life is at the worst possible position, even when you are going through the worst possible circumstances in your life and you are thinking, where is God? Why isn't he hearing my prayers? Why isn't he helping me? God has not shifted one iota from being good. He is good when there is death in your family. He is good when you get fired. He is good when you get sick and you pray and pray and pray and you don't get well. God is good because that is his self. The thing called goodness, he is that. So that thing is forever and it cannot shift because of what is happening in our lives. We live the length of a firefly. We are here and gone tomorrow. When you think about God, think about someone who has seen every single ancestor you, has, you have ever had. God has been at the funeral of every single person who is in your lineage until it comes to you. You have never probably even seen your great grand, most people. God has seen all of them dating back to the garden dating back to the time of Noah. So he cannot change based 
on the views and the thoughts of a creation that lives and dies. This scripture is saying here that God's words are eternally pure. But what I want to focus on is verse seven. It says, you shall keep them, O Lord. You shall preserve them from this generation forever. A lot of people like to read the scripture and think that, oh no, God is comforting people and God is saying to his separate people, oh, he will keep them and preserve them. No, God is talking about the words that he is mentioning in verse six. It is very telling when the Bible says that God will be the keeper of his word and he will preserve them from this generation. Now, whenever a generation comes and reads these words, verse seven, God is talking about that generation. And so I'm here to tell the generation of America and the generation of all watching this, that God will keep his word safe from every government who tries to say that a man can become a woman if he takes hormone therapy and if he gets breasts and if he has a little bit of counseling and if he does all kinds of manipulations that drop his testosterone level, then he can be accepted as a woman. A man will never be Eve because he was not conceived in the mind of God as Eve and an Eve will never be an Adam because God did not write her into the script as being able to walk across the party floor and say, hi boys, I'm here, I'm on your side. God will preserve the integrity of his word from the United States of America. God will continue to be God. Men will continue to be men. Women will continue to be women. You can only be called they if there is more than one person present. If you are a person singular and there is no one else with you, you can never be a they. You can never decide that you are going to be called they, them, because these words are forever preserved for more than one person present. God will preserve his word from this generation of Americans forever. He will preserve his word from the coming generations of Americans and Nicaraguas and Africans and Asians forever. There is no power under the sun that will change the immutability of the word of God. And true things will always be true things, no matter what the government says, no matter how many laws they pass, no matter how much inclusivity we insist on, no matter how much we try to give sin a makeover, certain things are forever. Thus says the Lord. Now, here are the things that God was talking about, and let us listen because we will see them. Those who live long enough, this certainly will be. God says in the end times that people will remove, remove their sex organs. So this thing of we're protesting for our right to be gay, we're protesting for our right to be trans, we're protesting for our right to have abortions and for them to mail the pills to our house. He said that people will take this ideology, ideology this war of ideology. Well, this is my belief and I have the right. He said that people are gonna take it so far that they're going to use their own bodies as billboards for their views. They will say that they do not want to be defined by any gender. People will protest that depending on things like sex, gender, and biology, biology is limiting them they will call it discrimination. If you can imagine this as common sense, people will say that being any particular sex, any particular gender, and respecting the obvious facts of biology is discrimination. And he said that they're going to protest and use their own body as a billboard for their views, and they're going to cut off their private parts, male and females. And so they're also going to protest that sex, which the Lord says is the act of a man with a woman, nothing else is sex. You're two men, you're not having sex. You are committing illegal acts against the Lord, sodomy for which you will be judged. Two women in the bed, five women, six men, you're not having sex. God does not define that as sex. You may say it is, it is not. I just said the word of God is immutable. You will have to create your own world, create your own thing called sex, and then you can call it what, you're li what you like. But the person who created them says that that is not sex. And that is the message I am bringing here without fear. People will say that the act of a man with a woman is controlling. They will say is a demeaning act. And here's the hypocrisy, because God says that while they are calling that natural act demeaning, and they are calling it controlling. He says that debauchery will reign as people do every kind of forbidden act. Man with man, woman with woman, man with child, woman with child, child with child. 
human with animal. They're going to be doing all that, but then saying that the Adams with the Eves is demeaning and that it should be outlawed. They're going to be protesting and saying that it should become illegal. I have already said that this thing that people call the war on marriage, which is, oh no, everybody else should be able to get to marry if they want to. Um, that is not the end of it. They're going to say that a man in love with a woman who wants to um, have a marriage should not be allowed. They're going to be protesting against it. They're going to try and highly regulate it because they don't want there to be in the future. Satan doesn't want there to be any evidence of God's way of doing things. And so they will say that sex is a useless categorization and that people shouldn't be forced into male or forced into female. And they will say that the act of sex is not even necessary for life or procreation. And this is because there will be alternate means to bring babies into this world. I still have the prophecy where men will be able to carry the children and the women will be sterile. They will not be able to bear children and the men will be carrying the babies and bringing out the children by C-section. You're looking at me, I'm looking at you. And this is the word that the Lord is giving of what the future will contain. This is where technology and the transhumanism of the species is heading. So when you see these extreme narcissists getting together at Davos and getting together at the World Economic Forum and getting together in their private living rooms and smoking $10,000 cigars and planning the future of humanity, they are planning it not only in their hubris, their extreme pride, they are planning it because they serve an overlord. And this is why I always say the most pitiable person is the atheist because the atheist is at the bottom of the pile saying that there is no God while the Satanists are saying hail Satan because they see Satan as their God. People think themselves intelligent when they say that believing in a God is foolishness, but the people out there who control most, if not everything of what happens to the ordinary man are serving not the God of heaven, not the God of the Bible. They are serving another God who is Satan. So it is a highly intelligent thing to know that the supernatural is real and that people have tossed their hats into the ring, either to follow Christ or to follow the devil. Just a moment as I fix the lighting, please. So they will want to do away with families. They will want to do away with marriage, traditional marriage. They will want to do away with the biological act of intimacy and replace it with everything that is forbidden. God says that people will do everything forbidden and call it sex. Debauchery will reign, but the act that I created will be destroyed. Intimacy as I made it will be condemned. It will be vilified, greatly hated, and cursed. So you're a young boy, you're in school, you see a girl, you like her. The majority of the people in the school who are trans and gay and they and they and them and whatever else, they will definitely no longer be in the minority. Many people will join them simply because they do not want to be hated. As a Christian, I have always said, if you are not prepared to be hated, then you are ill-equipped for the end times because in the end times, everything, including bad weather, will be blamed on Christians. So if you're the kind of person who has a thin skin and a tender heart and you cry all the time, the future is going to be very hard for you until you learn that courage and the fruits of the spirit, patience, long-suffering are extremely necessary and you cannot just pray and receive these things. You only receive these things through practically living them out. Meaning you come to a situation that is tough for you, that's where you need endurance. As you endure things, that is how you build endurance. As you are patient through things, that is how you receive patience as a fruit. Fruit grows out of the process of time and naturally being built into a tree. These things, the fruit of the spirit, have to be naturally built into us. You can't just say, oh God, please give me patience. And then he says, I'll sprinkle patience on you while you sleep. It doesn't work like that. 
People will be encouraged to do whatever form of perversion, any abomination they prefer to defile the sacred act between a man and a woman. And one of those abominations and perversions will be becoming genderless. They will take their sex organs off and they will have nothing put on there. They will claim that they are neither male or female and they will have surgery to take away any sign of what they actually are. When you see these things, know that the beast, the devil himself has come down among you and is living with you, dwelling in the temples of men. He is building his kingdom of strange sights, strange sounds, strange shapes, and strange experiences in his attempt to erase my design in creation. Man with woman giving birth to children is God's design. Anything else that you see is an aberration and Satan is the father of it. The Lord says, beware of those strange times. People will not want to have children normally. They will not want to give birth at all. Some of them, they will prefer to spend all their time and money on personally enhancing their body, upgrades, and surgery. They will be constantly chasing pleasure and they will be focused on glorification of the self. Now, I'm not going to go into this in depth because there is an entire transhumanist um, playlist on the master's voice. Transhumanism is, they call it a philosophy, but I said that this is a very practical reality that actually touches the human body, changes the human body, the fusing of man with AI, the fusing of man with robotics, the fusing of man with machine Elon Musk proudly coming on the internet and telling people we're all cyborgs. I spoke about this and I said that whenever you see people advancing certain ideas, certain ideologies, as if it's a done deal, know that they have the confidence to do this because they already have the money, they have the wherewithal, they have the strategy, they have the time, and they have the power and the influence, so they imagine, to be able to carry out this thing without much resistance. These people are not going to just rush this on society. They continuously offer it in small bite-sized pieces. That's very hard for people to refuse because people like stuff, people like the new, people like the avant-garde. They like what is different. And this is the way that I said, the devil slowly takes all the M&Ms from one jar and moves them over to his jar until finally there's only three M&Ms standing here and everybody else is on the side of Satan and then hating those three M&Ms. Why do they hate the three holdouts? Why will Christians be hated? Because in a world, as God said, strange sounds, strange sights, strange experiences, Christians will be the constant reminder of what God intended. Christians, those who don't sell out and move to the other side of the M&M table, will be the living representation of Christ's desire in the earth. And all these who will be filled with lawlessness, following iniquity, serving another God, both in their flesh, in their minds, what they believe, their ideologies, they will hate seeing the true representation of what God wanted. And therefore, that is why the devil will endeavor to kill them. And that is why Revelation 13 speaks of so much death for those who follow the Lord's way. For men will be lovers of, their, of themselves, covetous, boasters, proud, and blasphemers. Please understand that being a lover of yourself has everything to do with pride. For instance, a lover of yourself, the social media, overexposure, the constant taking of selfies. But here's something interesting. A lover is someone that you lie down with to do the intimate act. So everyone who touches their own body for sexual gratification, you are in immorality. Masturbation is a sin and you should stop it. Should you lose your life while you are in that pursuit or while you have the sin of that in your life, you will definitely not enter the Lord's eternal kingdom. And I just thought I should say that. The Lord says in the future, there's going to be a very kind of twisted beauty standard. People are going to be as thin as spaghetti and yet they will be celebrated on the covers of magazines. And what God was showing me is, you know when people are so anorexic, when the thing has really embedded itself into the soul of the young woman, because for some reason it doesn't really seem to affect men. It's mostly women who go through these devastating changes 
in body image. Women who you would suspect in two or three weeks, this person will need a feeding tube. They're going to be in the covers of the magazines and people are going to be hailing them and saying they look great and they're so brave. And also the Lord said that people will be morbidly obese. What does morbid obesity means? It means that any moment now your heart is going to say, you know, I did my best. I simply cannot carry this much cholesterol, this much arterial blockage, this much fat and you lose your life, or you go into cardiac arrest, or you suffer a stroke, that kind of person who is so overweight are also going to be put on the covers of magazines. And in their case, it's going to be called self-empowerment. The Lord says that this thing is already happening. And when I went to check after the prophecy, indeed, I saw that it's already happened in the UK. And I think here already, he says such people already exist and they have no time to raise families. And in the future, people will not want to commit to anyone else's well-being, but theirs. There's going to be extreme selfishness in this world. People are going to mistreat their spouses, mistreat their children so horribly. They're going to withhold. They're already doing this. They're going to withhold the basic necessities from their children because they will need to get tummy tucks and extra fat put in their backsides and other parts of their bodies. They are going to mismanage finances, mismanage their homes, men and women, because they are going to be gluttonous in their souls, pursuing pleasure to the detriment of sound homes, sound marriages, and raising good children. The Lord says that satanic selfishness will reach an end times high. So please understand in the end times, everything that we are capable of anger, we're capable of lust, we're capable of wrath, we're capable of jealousy, envy, backbiting, malice. All these things are going to be unbelievably heightened by the presence of satanic power working upon all those who leave doors open in their life. The Lord says other people will not want to take any risks with nature. So designing embryos is going to come into play. People will refuse to get pregnant naturally and childbirth will take another new transformed path. Remember that the people who are going genderless and the people who don't want private parts anymore and slicing everything off were insisting in their protests that sex is completely unnecessary because we don't need it to create life anymore. We don't need it for kids where here is God seamlessly telling us why people will not want dark skin. So people will not want to see dark skin. There was a prophecy I gave where I said that God was showing me a couple that was at the fertility clinic and they were being asked, you know, well, you know, you guys have come in and you've already paid all this money. So you, you, you really need to be specific. What about the, What do you want the baby to have? And the darker skin parent was saying, notch the baby up a few notches towards the white mother so that the baby can have better chances in life, better chances for employment, better chances for friendships, social relationships, social acceptance. And the couple was not under any pressure to do that. It was simply the lived experience of the darker skinned parent that they did not want their child to go through what they had gone through. And so it was agreed between the two parents, though interracial, that it would be better for the child to, to land on the lighter spectrum. They will also weed out or attempt to weed out birth defects and being short and any other type of genetic risk. And God says that all of this will happen before conception. So before that little person is implanted in an artificial womb or implanted in their father's tummy or whatever, all of this gender, skin, eyes, height, abilities, anything else that you want to fix in the gene codex, God says it will happen before conception. Then let's look at the process of birthing, surrogacy. I've spoken of this before birthing for a fee. God says that women want to stay slim and pretty and avoid labor pain. They do not understand that the process of pregnancy is where you actually get to have a tiny experience of what it feels to be like the father in being able to create something. Father and mother are supposed to be having an almost surreal experience as they watch new life come forth that they have had a hand in creating, but nobody's going to be thinking about that. Everybody wants to say thin and cute and not go through labor pain. And therefore there are going to be wombs for rent. Mostly young women, the Lord says who need money for their life, money for their needs. 
they will rent their wombs out. God says that this will all be part of how society degenerates. So, um, becomes filled with degenerates. Sorry. Society will degenerate. And this is the rise of sin. This is the rise of human selfishness. And he says, this is how you will see every perverted desire that is already in people finally come out. So there are many people, usually it's older people who are upset and they, and they, and they wonder when did all this madness start? It wasn't like this in my day. When did all this madness, when did this happen to society? When did this happen to the young people? The truth of the matter is that this perversion is already in the hearts of many people. Many people blame technology and say technology caused this. Technology is like a fork. Technology only exacerbates the issues that are already in existence. So when you actually see some of the insane things that are being brought to you on social media, that are being brought to you on YouTube, that are being brought to you on the news. So um, technology hasn't really caused it. Technology is simply the means that is able to broadcast it to you on a large scale that it exists. So when you're able to watch the news and see that a man was keeping his two daughters in the basement and sleeping with them for 12 years, or that family that had, I think, kids from six months old all the way up to 29 years old chained up in the house that man and his wife had like eight or nine kids all the way up to a 30 year old and these children had never been outside the house so this is as dysfunctional as it gets but without technology you would not have known that this exists in the same way the lord says this sinful desire is already inside people it is already waiting to come out. So when a man ends up in adultery, he does not end up in adultery by chance. Women do not end up cheating with their husbands by chance. Without dealing with the dissatisfaction within yourself, without addressing it in a mutually understanding space in a marriage, this is how people end up on Tinder. Adultery doesn't come to your house and spring on you. You actually have to take functional steps into sin. So when the Lord says the sinful desire is already in a person, it roots back to the word that I was talking about. The word of God is immutable. It is fixed. It doesn't change. It is people who begin to drift away from the word of God. Well, this seems too strict and we're not taking into consideration, the individual issues, and we don't know his struggle, and don't judge, and love is love. And I'm just trying to be supportive of my child, even if my child wants to be called Zamundia, even though I brought him into this world as Doug. I want to be there for Zamundia, and I want to make sure that he, her, has all the best self-esteem. I'm going to put the pride flag on, and I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do that. And eventually you end up turned over by God to the reprobate mind. When you are turned over by God to the reprobate mind, your conscience, the Bible says, becomes sealed as with a hot iron. And then even if you want it to, you can't find your way back to the stone of God's word. You're out there. You're like a helium balloon that had the, that had the little rope cut. And now you're just out there and floating deeper and deeper into the sky lost forever. This is a terrible situation for anyone else to end up in. And yet, as I said, the word is fixed. If you cling to this word, even when the storms come and the trials come because you are clinging, do you know what God does? He puts his hand around you. This is the process of being kept by God. But whoever begins to squirm in the grip of God and say, well, I don't agree with this, and I don't agree with this, and I don't agree with this, you eventually will break free of that word, and the word will shut and stay put. And then you begin the process of making excuses, getting slower and slower and slower in your thinking, because the Bible says that you will become darkened in your foolish mind. It basically is a picture of the sun setting over your critical ability to appreciate the life-giving knowledge that God has in his word until one day you are lost 
and you will not know it because this is the product of living in the dark. You will be in the dark. And like John chapter one says, the light will be shining in the darkness and you will not be able to comprehend it. This is why people have been coming to this channel for a very long time and the channel has had no benefit on them. And I can tell by the questions that they are still asking after being here a year, when God says something, they have to say something. The channel cannot benefit you because you have a stone inside you. So the word is just flowing over you like a rock and doing nothing. And then there are people who come here for only a few minutes and they become heavily convicted. Why? Because they realize I had let go of the stone. I almost lost my life. I had a certain experience and I realized that if I had gone one more inch off camera, I would have been floating as celestial is saying a balloon without a string. So I come back to the rock and I cleave to it. But whenever you want to question what God is saying, whether it is in these prophecies or you want to question what is in the Bible and say, well, I don't agree. I didn't really understand why God did that. And God did this. How can we with limited human minds actually think that it is our place? to critique what God has written in the Bible. And then we want to say, oh yes, but I still have a hope. I'm still the Lord's child. I'm still going to stand in his presence. The father has said that he honors and he sets his word above his name. How can you love the name of Jesus and be clinging to that name and still be questioning what is written in the word of God? How does that work? You honor the name, but then you dishonor the word and you expect to be able to enter into his rest. And so I say that the more I get these dreams, it deepens my understanding of the father. I see where he's coming from. The more he shows me things like this, when I look at how the world has a corresponding madness that is more and more starting to match up to things that I have been saying on the blog for three years and now here in video form for two years, it may confuse some people. It makes them skeptical, but for me, it deepens my understanding of what God is saying the more and the further we go away from God's laws, the more the world will start to match the things that I read here. And so look at these men. This is just an ad. But what the Lord says is that this will be a physical reality. And here is the first one who actually carried her own baby. Why? Because that is a man, that is a woman who has taken replacement therapy and cut off her breasts. And I think I will share this uh, terrifying dream that I had. This dream sent me into full scale repentance before the Lord. And this was all the way back in 2018. And I had never at that time heard of gender dysphoria. In this prophecy, it is even misspelt. I spelled it D-I-S-P-H-O-R-I-A. I said it is either dysphoria or dysphoria. That is what I wrote. And this is not a prophecy for publishing. This is just a dream that I had, an experience where the Lord spoke to me. And it touched me so profoundly that I've never forgotten it. So um, it was just a series of pictures. I saw that women were putting on these binders that pressed down their breasts to stop their breasts from sticking out. And then the Lord also showed me a very real live picture of the breast removal surgery. I did not know at the time that there are people that are doing this willingly who are not having mastectomies. This is elective surgery. They choose to remove their breasts. I saw how it's done and the surgeon just took it off and threw it in a metal tray and it was just there and bloody. For me, this was extremely, extremely traumatizing. And God was only showing me women in this, but he made me to understand that the message of what he was showing me applies to men too. Men are slicing off their private parts and having some other type of surgery to create something else that is supposed to be female private parts. Women are getting huge chunks gouged out of their thigh. I think there's a prominent magazine or a prominent newspaper that carried a woman on the front cover in 2016 or 2017, something like that. When I researched it this year, I found that that was so because there was a controversy around this woman again this year, and she was 
posing on the cover of the magazine, showing the huge gouge in her thigh from where she had scooped up flesh. And what did she scoop the flesh out for? To have a male private part made for her and stuck on. The message from the Lord in that dream was this. Those who do not receive God in themselves are handed over to the reprobate mind. It does not matter if the person is very young when this starts or whether they're an adolescent or a grown up. God was plainly showing me whoever does not receive God in themselves will be handed over to the reprobate mind. And I just spoke of the reprobate mind. It is the mind that departs from the ever living God. So it doesn't matter if a child is very small and the parents begin to suggest to the child, do you think you're a boy? Do you think you're a boy? Do you think you're a boy? And the child says, yes, I'm a boy. And then you see them sitting on CBS news and you see them sitting on good morning America. And they're like, oh, she knew when she was two, you mean she wasn't toilet trained at two, but somehow she knew the difference between a man and a woman. And she knew the difference. She had that much awareness of self that she knew she was not a girl. She knew what a boy was, even though she keeps thinking that her brother is her sister, but she knew the difference between male and female. She was able to clearly articulate that she's a boy. And so it was okay to start plying her with pills at age five. When I woke up, I went on the internet. I Googled my wrongly spelled word and it brought out the right word. And the first result was this person called Jazz Jennings from an, a reality show called I Am Jazz. A young boy who said he's a girl living and dressing as a girl for the past nine years. He was still nine years old at the time I found this. I think he's a teen now. And he had the gender reassignment surgery, cut off his bits, put new bits there, and then was not happy with the outcome. I wonder why. It could be because bits are only designed by the ultimate bit maker, the Lord Jesus Christ. But... In this dream, I saw that people were, and this is why this dream is relevant because this dream was at least five years ago and now I've had the same dream and it's the same thing. In the dream, I saw people bitterly arguing for the right to have their own way about what sex they will be. I saw that they were fighting to not be what they wanted to be and they were fighting for the right to cut off parts. I saw them also refusing to hear God's word. I saw them rebelling openly against God's choice for their lives. They refused to hear what the Bible says. All they could focus on and argue about and fight for was their choice and their rights. But as they were doing this, I saw a door open in each person. And I saw that when this door opened, something that looked like it wasn't a person, but I will just describe it as a suggestion a pressure and a temptation. These three things, they didn't have any physical form, but that's the only word I can use for it, for it. Suggestion, pressure, and temptation entered into that door in each person who was fighting and refusing and rebelling against God's order, focusing on their choice and their rights above what God has set in the earth as truth. And I saw that it entered in and then each person had their own reality, what they believed, the true reality was set aside and each of them had their own reality. It took hold of them and they began to live with total conviction, each one in his own truth. And this is years ago. And yet many of the prophecies I've covered this year in 2022 say this, that we are going into a time of subjective reality. Subjective reality is that whatever I celestial say is true, that the sky is green and the ground is made of marshmallows. As long as it is true in my world, you have no right to tell me that it is not true. And as you look at, at American society today and what is bleeding out of our society into other nations, you can see that that is absolutely true. And yet God was saying this to me five years ago before this massive explosion of these things, such as pronouns and things like that ever came to be. I saw that because people challenged and totally walked in rebellion to the word of God, these doors opened in them and they opened wider and wider until something came in. Each time the door opened and something came in, that is when I began to see the images of slicing off 
um, breasts and putting on breast binders and binding your chest until it was as hard as a bulletproof vest. And the Lord was showing me that when people question his infallible truths, when people said the Holy word of God aside to follow their views, their feelings, and their opinions, they will end up a reprobate in rebellion, destroying themselves. And before this becomes final, people really need to call on God and ask them to forgive them because this is a grave sin. When you sin against the Lord's word, you are actually sinning against the Lord Jesus Christ himself because Christ Jesus is the word. You will have to go back. Those of the high opinion nature, well, I believe this about the Bible, but then you know certain parts of the Bible have been changed and this and that. This word is immutable. The Lord said that heaven and earth will pass away, but no part of his word would pass away. And on top of that, nobody listening to the sound of my voice has ever written a book that is able to take away sin and bring about life in a perishing person. No math book, no economic textbook, no financial sense for the discerning woman. No book you have ever read is able to impart life to the reader except this one and yet people continue to because satan is in them satan is in many christians sitting in the temple saying that he is god there are many people who are so disobedient to the word of god and yet they want to name the name of jesus christ and think that the gates of heaven are just clapping in anticipation waiting to burst wide for them when i say that the crying and the woes will be deep on the days that god on the day that god confronts this world for sin I truly mean it. Becoming reprobate means to depart from the ever living God. But all who repent of that pride, repent of saying my feelings, the way I feel is higher than what the word of God says. And what my mother and grandmother told me is higher than what the word of God says. And what the Washington Post is saying about the hot topics of debate, like gender dysphoria, and things like that, and the trans movement, and the abortion movement, if you get swept away in, into those movements, if you get swept away into this new militant feminism that will come into power when Kamala Harris becomes the president, just know that these things are for the moment. When you stand before the ever-living God, after all the noise of men has fallen away, I truly hope that whatever excuse you have, you cling to that excuse the way some of us cling to the ever-living God. So that is the message. A man is not a woman received on February 24, 2022. The Bible will never change. The definition of sin will never change. Without a savior, we will destroy ourselves. And that will never change. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and prudent in their own sight. Isaiah 5, 20 and 22. So thank you for being with me for this prophecy. This is Celestial with the Master's Voice. God bless you. And until I see you again, goodbye.